Hey everybody, this is Jason from the future. This episode is not nearly as clean and well edited as other episodes. There'll be more uhs and ums, and there's actually one part where I make a mistake and I say that uh, the guy that we're talking about only had one quote about the situation. That's wrong. He said at least two that I've seen. Um, Regardless, those little whoopsies are in there because I wanted you guys to hear what the conversation really sounds like between me and Martin. This is a subject we moderately disagree on, and I wanted you to be able to see a raw, uncut conversation between me and him, you know, how we think and how we process situations like this together, how we disagree with one another in a way that's not disrespectful, but rather is challenging and upbuilding. And hopefully we can, in that way, set an example on how to disagree with your Christian brothers and sisters in your life. So hopefully this episode is helpful, both in helping you disagree in a healthy and upbuilding manner and in helping you think through the Ivan Provorov situation or more broadly, uh, just how do Christians live their faith conspicuously but gently when they're being asked to affirm things that they don't think are scriptural, that they don't think are within God's will. So thanks for joining us today. I hope this is helpful. And here is my conversation with Martin. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Pocket Theology. I am here with my buddy, Martin. Martin, say hello. Live long and prosper. What a nerd. Wait, is Star Trek or Star Wars better? Star Wars. But and why'd you do the... Which, I still like Star Trek. Like, but you could have been like, may the force be with you. And like, we haven't used that's, that one yet. That's not a greeting, though. It that's usually That's usually a like, hey, we're leaving. Bye. Okay, so you're going to say that at the end of the episode. And sure. Then, okay, <clears throat> cool. We're here today not to talk about Star Trek and Star Wars. We're actually here to talk about something that's kind of in the media right now. If you follow sports, actually, even if you don't follow sports, you've probably heard about it. Uh, the Flyers, an NHL team, had a player sit out from their pregame skate, their warm-ups, if you will, uh, on Pride Night. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Thanks for joining us, guys, and please share this video with others if it is helpful. Let's get into it. Martin, the situation... which you actually made me aware of originally was Ivan Provorov, who I'm going to call Provy for the rest of the episode, because that's what his teammates call him. And it's easier. I will also call him that. Yeah. So Provy is a Russian Orthodox player for the NHL team, the Philadelphia Flyers. Now this is a team that has like gritty, right? As one of the Mm -hmm. mascots. Which is awesome. Gritty is an amazing follow on Twitter. Highly recommend. Entirely unhinged, but hilarious. Anyways, Provy found out that uh, his team was having a Pride Night, a celebration of the LGBTQ plus community. And part of the festivities during that particular game would be putting rainbow tape on their sticks and wearing uh, like special rainbow jerseys for warmups. And he made the organization aware that he didn't want to participate. And he sat out warmups because he is a Russian Orthodox. And he says, and this is, it's not up for debate. The Russian Orthodox Church has very clear stances on this, that his faith does not approve 
of uh, LGBTQ lifestyles or actions. So to be true to himself, he was not going to participate in that part of the night's festivities. Now, he never said anything um, like he, ne he never used any slurs or insulted anyone or said, I do not approve of being gay. Shame on you. Actually, his direct quote, the only one that I've seen on the subject was my choice is to stay true to myself and my religion, that is all I'm going to say. And he declined to answer follow-up questions. That's from ESPN's article on the situation. So that's what we have. We have an NHL player who didn't want to participate in warm-ups because he didn't want to wear the, um, put the rainbow tape on his stick and wear the rainbow jersey to participate in um, their pride celebrations as a team. He's the only player that sat out. And he cites his his Christian beliefs, his Russian Orthodox beliefs, uh, as his reason for not doing so. So we're going to actually I don't we have a, a hint of what each other think about this. We think we disagree, but we want to answer the question, was he right to do that? As a Christian, was he right to do that? There's a few questions though up front, short ones that I want to ask you and I'll answer myself. The first one is biblically speaking, do you think that homosexuality is intended to be viewed as a sin or not i think first of all and i'm i'm a very open proponent of this guys um your english translation is biased in a lot of different areas so for instance um your niv your new international version the one that is in so many churches across at least the United States, right? The NIV actually reads a Calvinist translation. And so it will introduce words that point towards predestination. Uh, it will, uh, it'll take words that may not necessarily apply to a, uh, to that idea, right? And it'll say, well, um, we want to kind of spin this a little bit. And so, and the truth is, all translations do this. Every translator is going to yes. translate in a way that they find theologically accurate. And so if you have a lot of people who are Calvinist in your translation team, there's going to be a lot of Calvinist translation. If you have a lot of people who uh, are charismatic in their beliefs, then you're going to find a lot of charismatic translation. Uh, there's just like a lot. The Passion translation, for example, very charismatic. Yeah, and so also a horrible translation, but <laughs> I mean, that's an opinion, but it's not an opinion. <laughs> Sorry, we'll do a different episode on the passion translation. It's one of the very <laughs> few that I tell people not to use. So but the English anyway. translation is going to be a little bit biased. And this is what I think is really interesting. At one point while I was studying translation uh, and the process that goes into translating your Hebrew Old Testament, Greek Old Testament, Greek New Testament, all of that into your English Bible. Uh, one of the things that I realized is, or that I read, uh, I can't remember where I got this from, Jason, so don't cite me. None of you cite me either, because I don't know where this came from. But uh, translators don't usually differ much from each other in areas that are pretty well set. So, for instance... In John chapter 1, right? I'm going to talk about this super fast. In John chapter 1, uh, when you read through the first the first chapter, um, 
when it talks about the word being God or the word being with God, right? In one of those uses, it does not include the definite article. So the way that we translate it, though, is still that the word was with God, uppercase G. The word is God, uppercase G, either way. Part of that is a grammatical rule that has very little basis, uh, which most grammatical rules don't because they show up in your Bible like four times overall. Um, but it's an exception rule, basically. And so uh, that, that translation is going to read that it is God the Father or God the Trinity, either one, right? It's not going to say, well, this is a different God that was with the word or that was the word. This is a different deity. Yeah. It's not going to say this is just a God. In a and you'll see God. like the Jehovah's Witness translation will say the word was a God. Um, because th there's there's precedent and it's clear from context what is intended there. But you can technically justify translating that way from Greek. And like Martin said, it's just not it's not a construction that shows up very often. So anyways, yeah. there's there's translation issues. Yes. And so your English translation, most English translations are going to share the same thing on very specific areas. So the theology of God, theology of sin, um, what sin is as a whole. And so I think overall there's a biasness against homosexuality in our English New Testament. Now, I don't... I'm in a place where I couldn't tell you yes or no personally. Um, I haven't spent enough time myself looking at the Hebrew and Greek to see, you know, what was originally intended, where the words are coming from, what kind of use this is used, or what kind of words are used outside of the New Testament or the Old Testament for this action um, or the culture around it. And so uh, my answer is if you are an LGBT affirming Christian and you believe that it's okay to be homosexual and a Christian, then I'm going to support you because I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. So we chased a little bit of a rabbit trail there talking about translation and what we're going to do either the next episode after this one comes out or maybe a few weeks from now, uh, whenever now is whenever you guys hear this, we're going to do an episode diving a little bit more into the arguments for the arguments against why certain words are translated certain ways, why there's one particular word in first Timothy that doesn't get translated in most English translations. We'll, we'll do as much as we can whole nine yards in like about 40 minutes. It won't be the most thorough, but it also won't be the least thorough explanation you've ever heard. And hopefully it'll be helpful. So we will do that. This is a subject I put a little bit more study into than Martin. Uh, it became kind of a pet project of mine around what junior year in Bible college, something like that. Yeah, and something I like that. dove into it pretty hard. Uh, I, I'll give you my stuff in whatever that later episode is, but just the short version is, uh, I do not think that the Bible intends to affirm or allow homosexual actions. Now I think it has no concept of sexuality as like a preference or an orientation. It is concerned with action or um, an identity. Yeah. Th those ideas would just be so totally foreign to biblical authors that, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the, in the other episode. But uh, the, the gist of it is the, the actual action. And this is a, like the official stance of the Catholic Church. 
it's not the orientation. It's not the identity that's a sin. It's the action, the actual sexual or romantic actions that are uh, sinful. So that's that's my stance. That being said, there's a pretty darn good scriptural argument to be made on the other side. I say pretty darn good because I don't think it's as good as the traditional reading, but it's good enough for me to give it credit. And I would say as long as your stance is based in what scripture teaches in a honest interpretation of scripture, I firmly believe that God will be capable of forgiving misinterpretations. So that leads to my second question, which I think we're both going to have the same answer. Can you be LGBTQ affirming and Christian? Just yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would agree. I just base whatever you think, base it on the Bible. And if your interpretation leads you there, then God bless you. You're still my brother or sister. Yeah. And I think overall, this is the big thing for like myself. Okay. I grew up in a very interesting family concerning homosexuality and so i didn't i didn't know what homosexuality was until i was well into height or into middle school um, i had no idea what was going on i didn't have any friends who were gay i didn't have any uh family members who uh who were homosexual like i had no idea what it was until uh, i started dating my wife uh, who has oh let's see she has two uncles who are married. She has an uncle who used to be an aunt and an aunt who probably will never have sex again. So, I mean, yeah. So my, my family does not well understand the LGBT community. Uh, my wife's family, on the other hand, very much so does because they are so involved in it. They are, I mean, they probably have family members in every branch or every letter, I guess, of what the community is. And so, uh, as a whole, the supporting, uh, being able to support a member of the LGBT community is really important to me because, I mean, I'm, I now have family that are a part of that community. I have people that I care for and that I love who identify that way, who live that way, and I still want to be able to show them love. And so, yeah. And that might be an important part of the discussion later, too, is just understanding that when we approach scripture, we do not approach it as blank slates, that we have our own experiences, we have loved ones in our minds, we have people that are definitively not loved ones in mind, and that's going to change how we read any given passage of scripture. But again, we'll worry about that more in our episode that's more on theology. Right now, we're arguing about a hockey player. So, Martin, I'm excited for this. Just one word, or two or three words. Was Provy right, or was he wrong? As a Christian, not as a member of society, specifically as a Christian, was he right, or was he wrong to sit out this, this Pride celebration? I can't do it in one or two words, Jason. I'm sorry. But do you try to okay, make it as short as you can and then we'll I'll get try more discussion. I'm conflicted. I think he could okay. be right and he could be wrong, and it depends on where he's coming from. So okay. let me answer yours and then I'll explain why. Okay. 
All right, that'll work. Uh, I I think that it was okay. To be fair, if I wanted to be really technical, I'd probably agree with you and say, well, yeah, it does depend. But from his comments, I will assume that his intention was, I just can't condone something that I think the Bible says is sinful. So why will not judge people who are not Christians? He even says at one point, like I accept everyone's choices, but I'm I'm making a choice for me to stand by my morality. So if that, if I'm understanding him correctly, then yes, he was entirely correct because he, he cannot as a Christian condone something that his interpretation leads him to say is blatantly wrong. Uh, and we'll, we'll argue more about that and make comparisons and metaphors and try to cite some scripture in a minute. So give me, give me your explanation. So first, why I think he could be right is a lot of what you said, right? He's not hating anybody. He's not, he never used any slurs. He's not demeaning anybody. I mean, overall, he, he more than likely was right. Here's why I think he could be wrong. So I don't know how far you got into the article, but all of the rainbow jerseys and sticks, right, that they were using for warmups. All of those were sold off at auction to go towards a um, go towards a charity to helping diverse communities get involved in hockey. And so I think overall, if that's, I mean, first of all, there's better charities that you could pick, I guess, like you could be helping people eat for a day. I don't know. But um, I think the fact that what this was or what was going on with the actual night, with the purpose of the night shows that the good that would have come from that was greater than the condoning of the behavior. Cause I don't think it's condoning of the behavior to support people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm still on the fence. I could very well end up um, deciding, you know, uh, homosexual sex is a sin. And when I do, you know, I still want to be able to love the people I know that are a part of that community. I still want to be able to show them that I support them and that I care for them. And I want them to come in a relationship with Jesus. I want them to feel comfortable enough to talk to me. And Jason and I talked with, uh, about this a little bit during the evangelism and discipleship series. Um, we want to be people that when somebody walks away from us, they say, wow, I've, I've never had a conversation with a Christian that went this well. I, you know, you're the only pastor that I'd really consider talking to at this point. We want to be those people because there's a lot of people who have been hurt by churches. There's a lot of people, (laughs) there's a lot of people who, I mean, they just, they know that they aren't accepted there, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. such an open it's such a big thing in the evangelical community that the LGBT community is not accepted. And I think taking the step to show that they're, they are accepted, right. To show them that you do care for them is important. <clears throat> and I think had he been a part of warmups, had he been uh, a part of that charity, a part of, um, a part of giving his things away to help people better their lives or to find a hobby that they enjoy, right? I think that that would have been 
a way to show I still care for you, whether or not I condone what you're doing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let me throw a theoretical at you real quick. Because uh, it's something I saw some sports talking head tweet out. Of course you did. What if, what if Pro V turned around and he said, you know, I didn't do that because I couldn't pretend to condone this particular lifestyle and behavior, but I support some of these charities that the Flyers were giving to, like the proceeds. I have, I make a lot of money as a professional athlete. I'm going to make a, a donation to make up the difference, what my jersey might have auctioned for. Uh, and I'm going to donate it to some of these charities. Like, does that, does that make it okay? Does it make it more okay? I don't, it makes it more okay. I don't know that it crosses the line into okay for me. So, okay. We're using the word okay a lot. Um, hmm. Just, it, do you have anything else to say on that or any more like exploration of that thought? I mean, like, why, why does it make it more okay and why does it not go far enough? So it moves it to acceptable, but All right. <laughs> for it moves it closer to acceptable. That's what All I meant right. to say. It moves it closer to acceptable, but I still, I still think that overall it wasn't the right move. I think that this petition that he did was an attempt to, and I'm going to actually look or use scripture at this point. I think it was an attempt to be the light to the world in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount. Right, because Jason and I always talk about the Sermon on the Mount. It's a requirement every other episode. It is. Um, I think that this was an attempt to be the light to the world. And Jesus says, you know, if you are or if you light a lamp, you don't put it under a lamp. You don't hide it. You don't. Uh, you don't light a lamp and then make sure it doesn't shine into the room. That's stupid, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this was an attempt to do that. I think overall what it's done is it's actually drawn away from his faith and more towards the LGBT community. I think what it's done is it's taken the focus away from, well, he did this because he's a Christian, right? And if he were to come out and support the charity at the same time, like the same charity, that would be my prerequisite. Uh, if he supports the same charity with a donation, that matches approximately what his jersey and stick would have gotten, then I think it comes out and goes, ah, oh, he's on the other side now. And it's, I mean, it's just kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know that it has taken, because if, if he just didn't say anything and he did the pride night and whatever, then people who follow the flyers, people who are at the game would, mm -hmm probably hear about it be aware that it was a thing and that's it like that would be the end of the story so there wouldn't have been much attention outside of a select group of people there wouldn't have been much attention on on this at all it wouldn't have really drawn attention anywhere frankly um him saying something has gotten a much larger audience involved and a lot of the focus has been on his faith not necessarily positively especially in national media and that's kind of uh, the problem is it furthered a caricature of evangelical Christianity that doesn't accurately represent who we are. I'm going to try and find real quick a verse that just popped to mind that I don't want to misquote before I make my next point. So first Peter 
3, 16. Well, we'll do 15 and 16. In your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you about the reason for the hope that is in you, but respond with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who slander you may be put to shame by your good behavior in Christ. So Peter's advice here is like, be ready to defend your faith, stand up for your faith, whatever. This is the the classic apologetics verse. Then he says, but do so gently and with respect. So when others insult you for your behavior in the faith, that they may be exposed as being shameful and malicious, right? So other people will look and will see and be like, I can't believe that other person is treating this Christian that way. But this Christian is being so gentle and respectful and kind. So I will say the legacy of this will be partially determined by how Provy decides to behave from this point forward while he's being attacked by talking heads who don't know who the heck he is. Absolutely. So his his decision to continue to be gentle and respectful, even while others are abusing him, may determine the legacy of this action. So that is important to remember that we are doing this, what, two days after this happened? Three days after this happened? Four. Article came out on the 17th, so it was probably the 16th. Yeah, so it's still it's still pretty fresh. And to my knowledge, he really hasn't said anything since the night of. Uh, so we'll see. But... There's been a lot of malice directed at him. So what I'm saying, when I say that there's been negative attention on his faith, it hasn't been people saying, see, this is why I can't follow Christianity. It's been people calling him a bigot, saying he's hiding bigotry behind his religion. Uh, there was, there's a senior NHL analyst who said, because he was, he was born in Russia and moved to Pennsylvania while he was a teenager to pursue a hockey career. And uh, there's a senior NHL analyst who very, very publicly said that he thinks that Provi should go home and fight in the Russian-Ukraine war because maybe he would be more comfortable there. Um, and Oof. not to put people in like very firm categories, but generally, generally the most LGBTQ affirming political party of the two main parties is the democratic party go figure like that's not really an issue for debate are there republicans who are lgbtq affirming absolutely but not many of them they exist but it's not majority right um people who are very publicly lgbtq affirming are generally left-leaning now open honesty here both of us are politically (laughs) left-leaning so like we're not saying that as an insult i'm just saying for playing the odds here I find it really interesting and kind of disturbing that someone who's taking a stance that is traditionally left-leaning would say, essentially, if you don't like our country, get out of it. Because that's something we normally hear from the alt-right that I think is distinctly unloving and unchristian. I don't know if that analyst is Christian or not, but I don't think there's a place for rhetoric like that in our society. There shouldn't be. And this person is saying, well, I don't like your stances on the lgbtq issue so go go back to where you came from we don't need you here which is horrific like that's just about and these are the kinds of takes that are, i'm not saying that's everyone but i'm saying these are the kinds of takes that are getting thrown at Provi. that is slander and that's exactly what peter's talking about in first peter 16. so if he turns around if Provi turns around and he is still gentle and still respectful 
there's going to be a lot of people who don't know what to think about this, where they're like, well, on the one hand, I want to be LGBTQ affirming. On the other hand, like, isn't he just exercising his religion? Like, shouldn't we just leave him alone? I don't know what to think. And they're going to see all these talking heads just verbally assaulting this man, you know, telling him to leave our country, telling him that the uh, flyers should fire him, whatever. And if he responds gently and lovingly, there's going to be this confused middle audience who doesn't know whose side they should be on that are going, I still don't know who's right, but I know, I know that Christian dude is responding with grace and love. And that's a lot more appealing than the rhetoric I see on the other side. And that is an important part of this conversation. Yeah, I have nothing to add on that note. So Martin, um, kind of a more general question related to this issue or to this specific event. Do you have any concern that if, if he had chosen to go out there and let's just say that everyone knew that he was Christian, let's be honest. Most people don't follow the NHL. Most people probably didn't know who he was until this week. I didn't. I did. Well, good for you. I'm going to my first NHL game in like February, so I'll, I'll get on board sooner or later. But uh, go Penguins. God, I forgot that you're a freaking Pittsburgh fan for a minute there. I'm going for everyone at home. I'm going to a Blues game and they're playing the Pins. And I'm going with a mutual friend of ours, Brandy, who is the youth minister at the church that I serve at. And my wife, the three of us are going. And uh, <laughs> and. Brandy's a Pins fan. Me and my wife are, well, my wife's a Blues fan, so I got adopted as a Blues fan, I guess. And Martin's a freaking Pittsburgh fan. So there's just a whole little, like, friendship war going on right now between the four of us. Anyway. Pittsburgh and Portland for everything. Anyways. um, If this guy had gone out, if Provy had gone out and he had just done done the thing and let's just say that there's like a group of people who they know that he's christian he's just very let's assume he's very publicly christian and everyone knew that he was orthodox before this do you think there's any danger in that as a christian that people would see that as condoning this behavior that whether regardless of what he intended do you think there's danger in what people would perceive they would go oh this public christian is clearly lgbtq affirming and that means it's okay and like, is there danger there? And if so, why is that less concerning to you than what he actually did? So I think there is danger in that. I think there's always danger from the media when there's a outspoken Christian or somebody who has announced their faith. And so um, you see it so much in the presidential elections. Um as soon as a presidential candidate says that they're a Christian, their poll numbers jump up like 20%, which is just insane. But then by the end of, you know, by the end of the election, everybody has said they're a Christian and all the numbers level out. And so I actually remember this best in the 2016 primaries for the Republican Party. Uh, some of you guys might know a guy named Ben Carson, who was running for president. Uh, or he was running to be the Republican, nominee. I guess, nominee. Yeah, that's the word. It was him, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, all of them, right? Mm -hmm. And there was one um, 
Oh man, there was one debate, one point where Ben Carson came out and said he was a Christian. And Seventh Day Adventist, specifically. Yeah. Well, he said he believed in Jesus. And yep. all of a sudden, his poll numbers jumped up to like second place. He was in dead last prior to that. And part of that was he said he was a Christian. So now all the Christians said, well, he's our guy. We have to elect Christian people. Right? And then all the other nominees started saying, well, we're Christians too. Right? And then you started looking at their behavior and mm -hmm. you went, what the heck are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. y'all are some of the worst people we ever see. But yeah, they claim Christianity. Why is that not more dangerous than supporting an LGBT charity as a Christian? That's the first. That's my first point. Why is that not more troublesome to us? than supporting an LGBT charity. So just food for thought. We don't have to actually talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah. Well. This is the other, the other thing that I look at. And I, I would feel more comfortable with him having done right. He comes out every, you know, supposedly everyone knows he's a Christian. We're theoretical right now. Uh, everyone knows he's a Christian. And he comes out for Pride Night, and he is supporting supporting the LGBT community, right? And there's plenty of churches that support LGBT communities. I mean, all over the United States. And they are not necessarily affirming. They just want people to know that they're cared for and to that they, that they love them, right? And so mm -hmm. uh, I think, first of all, had he come out and he done that, that opens up opportunity for discussion, right? Either way, there's opportunity for discussion. Right now, though, he has to defend his actions as a Christian. But if it's the other way, he has to defend his faith as an LGBT supporter. Right? And so he's... I think that it's much easier to defend your faith than to defend your actions. Because if your actions come off in a way, because your actions can be interpreted in a way besides how you you plan for them to, which we've mentioned. Uh, it's easier to support the reason that you believe something or why your faith drives you to do something than it is to defend why you've done something that could potentially hurt people or at least emotionally or emotionally hurt them, right? That is an interesting point. So... Again, so I used the word malicious earlier. And yesterday when Martin and I were talking on the phone, we were talking about a different situation. But I used the word malice. And I'm always very careful when I bring the word up to point to 1 Peter chapter 2, where the term is used, the Greek word behind it, the Greek word that's translated malice, refers to an action that is intended to cause harm to someone else. So that's that's how I mean it. When I say malice, it is an action that is intended to cause harm to someone else. That is a malicious action. Very similar to like the legal definition for it. Going out on the ice, doing warmups, not saying anything would have caused a certain sect of people maybe to misinterpret his actions and take it as permission to live a sinful lifestyle. What I think and what Provi thinks in light of scripture is a sinful lifestyle. 
that is dangerous. I could argue if I, I could, I could build an argument that I'm not sure I would actually agree with that it is malicious because uh, you know the potential consequences of your actions, that you could be leading someone to sin, and that is very dangerous. On the other hand, you can also argue that it's malicious to sit out because you know you know that you are causing offense to someone. And in our theoretical world where Provy is like a very famous athlete and everyone knows that he's a Christian, then it would give him an opportunity later on to say, as a Christian, this is why I did this. And that doesn't mean that I'm affirming. It just means that I didn't want to harm someone because as a Christian, I am against harming someone. So two important points to draw here. One, when you're dealing with other people, communication is very complicated. Even when you're not speaking, just your actions are a form of communication and you never know how someone's going to take it. Uh, and point two, you can, as a Christian, argue both sides of this. And I know that we will have probably have people listen to this that say, no, you can't. There is one right answer. And he he was right to sit out and he could never have possibly done anything else. But like, no, you can build an argument, whether or not you like the argument, you can build an argument based on scriptural principles for either side of this. I still think he was right to sit out. But it's a complicated issue because as Christians, you want to represent Christ well. You want to avoid malice. You want to love others well. You don't want to leave any room or at least as little room as possible for misinterpretations of your actions, especially as a public figure. So he was in a complicated situation. I think he made the right call. But there is an argument that he didn't. Martin, so, do you have any other thoughts on this? I don't, but I was actually going to say one of the things that I think we should do is we get ready to finish up here is we should pray for Provi as he's absolutely he's facing all of this. So. Martin, do you want to you want to word that prayer for us? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, all right. go ahead, man. God, we thank you so much for today, for the opportunity we have to talk about this event, to talk about what's going on. Uh, we want to pray for Provi as he faces a lot of backlash, God. We want to pray that you would be with him, that you would, uh, your spirit would direct his actions, Lord, and that uh, you would just help sanctify him through this so that uh, what he does would further reflect who you are. It's all these things that we pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I appreciate that, Martin. Well, guys, I hope that this was helpful, not just to help you think through the prayer of your situation, but to think about how do I talk with another Christian about something we don't exactly see eye to eye on? Uh, we said in one of our early episodes, we kind of started this podcast because Martin had the idea of like, we have these conversations about theology and Christian living all the time. And we want to share that with other people. So this is how I hope how your pastors are talking to their friends and disagreeing and debating and trying to bring up scripture. And how do we live out our Christian faith? How do we think about God, but doing so in a respectful and a loving way? Uh, and hopefully you can emulate that in your own lives and it will be edifying to you and to those around you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Please leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on Facebook at pocket theology. Uh, and email us if you have any questions or concerns or ideas for episodes or whatever at realpockettheology at gmail.com. And as Martin likes to say, if you want to send us five bucks, we love y'all. We appreciate your time and we'll see you back here next week.
May the force be with you.